But it was in those ways I encountered the love, the unconditional love and grace of God and found um, renewal in my own life, found self-worth again, a new identity, and actually the place of redemption was in the forgiveness and the healing that came in that relationship. Hello and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement the congregational care ministry and to provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I'm Karen Lampe, and with me today are members of the National Team for the Caring Congregation. I'm Laura Berg. I'm Joy Dister Dominguez. And our episode today is one about divorce, uh, a care factor that um, I think is so important for us as churches to be able to be there in this great time of transition and understanding. And so people really begin to know that the church is there for them um, and that any way that we can reduce their shame or reduce uh, their struggles, um, we want to be able to provide that. But So it's a process. And I'm going to invite Laura and Joy um, as they begin to share some of their story about their life. Um, you know, that that is such an important piece of how we do congregational care is just sharing our stories. And so... Um, Laura, would you mind just sure. opening up with a few, um, sure, just a few uh, nuggets uh, of your life sure. story? Sure. Well, it's always um, a place where you know. Even last night, as I went to bed, I was thinking, "Oh no, do I need to go? Do I need to go back to that chapter in my life again?" Um, and and then I'm I remember that this story is a story of redemption and of great great healing, uh, and then. Um, a nugget, a golden nugget that has allowed me to have such empathy for people who are experiencing broken relationships and divorce. Um, I was uh, young, I married young at the age of 19 and had two children um, right away. And was my goal was to build a happy family. Um, but I was not mentally, emotionally, or spiritually in a good place for um, about 10 years, actually, of that marriage. No, it was not all doom and gloom. There were there were many wonderful, beautiful encounters in that relationship. Um, and I was but I was going through some other things that were uh, really serving as a distraction. Um, to my building a healthy marriage. And that that was my father's diagnosis with cancer. Um, I was a daddy's girl, and I was having a hard time wrestling with my commitment in a marriage to the time I wanted to still have with my father. Uh, the battle I saw him go through, um, his pain and his suffering and his own story of depression. And and I just kind of was absent in, in that relationship in my marriage. And um, I learned quickly that even though I found a place of peace for me 10 years later in a divorce, um, that, that this divorce hurt everybody. 
Um, and so with that divorce, um, I heaped on much shame and guilt and, uh, that feeling of unworthiness, um, you know, like I, I really wanted to crawl under a rock and forget life. Uh, however, like I said, those other encounters in my life, um, the church being a strong place uh, of uh, where I had been committed, um, c- committed a lot of time and energy, became that source of grace that found me. Even as I was digging that hole and crawling under the rock, it was the church that sought me out and said, you are loved, you have great worth, um, you, you, ha- you even have a calling, and, and we want to help nurture you back to this life. Now, they did, may not have said it in those words. It may have been, hey, let's go to a movie, or you want to go have a cup of coffee. But it was in those ways I encountered the love, the unconditional love and grace of God and found um, renewal in my own life, found self-worth again, a new identity, and actually the place of redemption was in the forgiveness and the healing that came in that relationship um, to where all of the relationships that I felt had been so damaged by that divorce found healing and, and reconciliation. So I know that it is possible. And I know that the church is there to help provide, um, you know, that embrace uh, um, of God, that embrace of God. Um, we, we can be that church that reaches out. Um, even if we, you know, it's it's not up to us to, to 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 be the judge on whether or not a person should have been divorced or not, or or what our opinions are about it. And then the church is quite clear, you know, that throughout the Old and New Testament, you know, God doesn't favor broken relationships. God favors relationships, but do they happen? Yes, they do. And and we have a whole narrative, God's narrative of broken relationships. But also, the most important is that unconditional love and divine grace of God. And it is for us, um, those who have been broken or those who stand alongside those who have been broken. Joy, um, can you also, let me start again. Just click that. I'm going to reflect on Laura just a minute. Sorry. Um, Laura, thank you so very much. Um, I always, as you begin to share, um, experience a great sense of awe in your uh, willingness to be vulnerable. It's, it's just so helpful because it allows all of us to know that um, even pastors have our places where we struggled and how in that struggle, that's where we were made into who we are now and to how God can use us. And God has used you mightily out of all that's happened um, in your story. So that place of vulnerability or that gift, I'm going to call it a gift because to me that's what it was, that gift of vulnerability um, that the Holy Spirit has worked in me came from the broken era of that story, because in that brokenness, I experienced panic attacks that were tremendous, um, that that kept me isolated from really feeling like I could be vulnerable. You know, that shame, that guilt, that weight of responsibility, that trying to live into a relationship that was not working, um, that, that 
just accentuated my anxiety and my depression, um, drove me to a place of feeling, I cannot share this with the world. I will not be able, you know, I have to put on this other face, you know, and it was through a divorce counseling. It was through pastoral care. It was through care ministers in my church that brought me to an understanding that, no, God loves your whole story. You know, God Mm -hmm. is sad for the sadness you experience, but God loves your whole story. And, and God will even use those, those broken pieces of your story to make something beautiful. That's that, that beauty out of ashes, you know, Mm. passage. And, and that had to become real to me. I had to be in a place where I trusted those, those persons who were caring for me to, to let me speak out my emotions, my feelings, all that was related to that, that time in my life so that I could own my story and I could see the redemptive qualities of my story. And I think from that, the Holy Spirit says, now let's get to work. Um, let's, let's just see, you know, how this can unfold, you know, in, in this chapter of your life and the chapters to come. And I am always, always honored and blessed to be a part of conversations where people are struggling in broken relationships. And, and, um, in that, when you say blessed, I've heard that same kind of language from joy. <laughs> and even now, as um, we're looking at each other on a screen as we're doing this podcast, <laughs> I see your smile, both of you smile, um, in hearing the language that you're using. And, um, and, and Joy, I would invite you now to just share a little bit of, of your story and see how it might overlap with Laura's, and yeah. let's just uh, go at it from that direction. Well, and when when Laura says blessed, um, I certainly am. There was so much pain and heartache looking back, but where I am now, um, that pain and that heartache has shaped me and made me who I am. And it's one of those things you don't wish it on anyone, you know. And, and in fact, right, there's so much that I like to to counsel new couples on and you know help younger men and women see some of the red flags um to avoid the pain and the heartache but sometimes at the end of the day it's um it's it, it can't be avoided um so i i too was 21 years old well i was very young 21 years old and um, it was 2005 and I had dated, um, this, this man, although we were teenagers when we first started dating. Um, and I was very much of the church culture where, um, I don't know that it was true, like purity culture, um, but it was certainly some of that theology, which I have now come to learn is very harmful, um, especially to to young girls, young women. But I I really felt like a lot of the messaging I received from the church was, you know, you find your one and only, and that is your one and only, and is that God's will for you? And so I I started I was dating this this, this guy, when I was, you know, I was 16, he was a couple years older and I don't know, I guess I felt a lot of pressure that 
I had found the one and only and that if I didn't marry him, if I didn't, if I, if I, um, what's the word? Like if I, if, if I didn't move forward, like that was just the next progression that I was going to miss out God's will for me. And, um, looking back, I see that, um, and perhaps even, um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like I kind of bought into all of that when at 21, now looking back, I didn't know who I was and where I wanted to go in life. I didn't know, you know, you think, you know, <laughs> um, but you, you just didn't. And, and my parents were very supportive, of course, very nervous. I was 21 when I got married, he was 23. Um, and, and I thought that we were doing everything right. I, I felt God very much in the midst of that wedding. Um, like some of my friends who are planning the party, I wanted to plan the wedding, the ceremony. I wanted God at the very center, at the very heart of our marriage. But the sad part is as our as our marriage progressed into the years, what I realized very quickly was I was holding on to this 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 dream that God would be at the center to help us grow up together. And and that wasn't the case for my husband. Um, we started within that first year of marriage, we were in counseling together. And um, I remember difficult conversations of, of, you know, do you really want this marriage to work? Are, and, and that's what it is. It's work. Uh, and I, of course, was adamant. Absolutely. Yes. You know, both of our parents, um, you know, we're married and we just didn't want, we didn't want it to end in divorce, but we, we struggled a lot at the very beginning. We moved from Michigan to Texas um, because of, of the job market. Uh, we struggled being out of our comfort zone uh, in, a, in a new state. <laughs> and it was difficult. It was difficult to communicate. It was difficult to understand what each of us needed in the marriage. But I think one of the biggest things is that we just grew apart. I grew deeper in my faith and he grew further from his. And I couldn't fix him. I couldn't help him. And it wasn't my place to do so. He, he needed help himself and I needed help myself. And so when uh, we we had a few um, moves for our for our our jobs, our, our careers, we again were in counseling and it just came up that, you know, what are we going to do? Because we're just not, we're not happy. We're not in a good place. And I felt like God was leading me to some, to a new, to a new place as far as um, in my career. I felt this deep calling to the, to the ministry. And so I shared that with him and he said, you know, I could see, I can see you I, I see that, you know, you, you love the church, you love serving the church. And I could see that all along, but I can't do that with you. And it came out two weeks or a month later or so that, that he was having an affair with the colleague of his. And that was so deeply painful. Hmm. That was incredibly painful. Uh, I felt a betrayal. I felt just like, how, how could you, how, you know, how could you do that? And so working through counseling, I had a lot of counseling. It was a continual forgiveness process. It was a continual time of letting go. It was a loss of a dream. It was a loss of many dreams. And I felt like 
felt like there was just so much healing that needed to take place since we had been together for 12 years. You know, just that uh, time of processing that you are alluding to, Joy, I just think that's such an important piece for us to be able to talk about with those that we're giving care to, because you know, as you've been saying all of this, both of you, that the process is the resurrection day. It is a salvation um, process for everyone. And that's the difference of walking through it with, um, within a church body so that they can say those things of that language of forgiveness to you. Sure. To reassure you that there is no shame. Yeah. To make sure that you're hearing that message Mm -hmm. of rise and shine, rise and shine over and over again. We hope that you're enjoying this episode from The Caring Congregation. Check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for additional resources and information on how you can join us for an upcoming webinar or host your own seminar to train and equip your care ministry team and pastors. We also have two books out, A Care Minister's Manual and Implementation Guide, released by Abington Press. You can purchase through Abington, Cokesbury, or Amazon. Now, back to our conversation. And I did feel I I did feel that shame at first. I remember having a, a conversation with my with my godfather, who is a, a very well known, well loved pastor in the United Methodist Church. And I said, as a pastor, what are people going to think of me? And and he mm-hmm. said, I remember he said, how would you counsel someone? You know, that is in a in in a in a difficult marriage in a in a marriage that is broken, how would you counsel someone? And I thought, you're right. I would not want someone to stay in, in a struggling marriage. And so um, it took it took kind of <laughs> the 30,000 foot view of there is deep brokenness, but there is deep redemption. And there will be such great time of of looking back to see how God was still at work, even even in the midst of the pain and the darkness and the difficulty, the church was there to support me and to love me and care for me, my parents, my friends. I needed to get out of my own way. I needed to let that that healing happen, which was so beneficial. And and even you know we talk uh, we talk about divorce as a, as a almost as a time and a date on the calendar, but it's something that, that that trauma and that grief continues and lingers with you for years, for years. When you're into new relationships and you're having to figure out, can I even trust myself? Like, you know, I thought I was doing, uh, you know, I thought I was making a, a good decision then. And now I'm trying to make another decision now if I'm going to enter into into a new covenant of marriage. Can I trust myself? What does that look like to to have that trust with another partner again? Mm -hmm. I just was thinking um, for the two of you, you went through this knowing full well that uh, as as you were entering into singleness again, that again... That was a whole new process for you. And 
trying to um, find the right support to keep growing as a person. And Absolutely. Um, that, that, again, is where I think the church can be so helpful if we have resource lists for people to help them um, just think about seeing the right counselor sure. or um, divorce recovery groups mm-hmm. and making sure that they're eating right and mm-hmm. you know doing all of those things for their own mental health. And if there, if there are children involved, oh, yeah. what can we as a church offer for the children? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Over the years, Absolutely. we have had a divorce recovery group for children and yeah. at Resurrection. And that has, um, we pulled in really marvelous counselors that are also, some of them are congregational care ministers. Some of them are just great people, volunteers who are social workers or, or have had the experience themselves. But what they have told us is that through play therapy and through all of the ways that you can give children a chance to express yes, very what important. they are going through, that mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. is a place where the church and the Absolutely. congregational care ministry should be alert to what mm-hmm. can we do here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And training and equipping your children's directors, your youth directors, to look for signs that when children and youth are acting out, um, that there's so much more at work. Even if they're, if, if a couple's uh, not talking about divorce, but there's there's friction in the marriage, there's, there's a lot of unrest at home. And how children act out because of that. And even adults act out because of that. And, and, and it's recognizing those signs uh, from the beginning, or trying to at least. But you're right. It's, that's really where the church can step up and shine and, and truly walk with people going through um, such th- this difficult time. So for those of us who are congregational care Ministers, whether we are clergy, we are lay people, um, and we we find ourselves in these conversations <clears throat> with couples, or or maybe only one of the partners in conversation about divorce. Um, you know, I, I think f- there again, one of the one of the rules we need to, or the boundaries we need to draw, we're not there to fix. Uh, you know, as badly sure. as we might hurt for them, you know, we, we are to be those good, active listeners, those who validate the feelings. I think there again, we, we need to hear the story. Sure. Uh, it may make us uncomfortable to hear the story. We may hear resentment. We may hear a lot of anger, deep sadness, great bitterness. And, and yet we, as the body of Christ, in that presence, also have the opportunity, uh, once we build that trusting relationship, and we are offering this support, opportunities for them to find the reconciliation through forgiveness, which mm-hmm. forgiveness at one point, we may not want to hear that forgiveness is going to be our healing agent as, as we progress through this divorce um, process, but forgiveness is that necessary place. So we may mm-hmm. hear that mm-hmm. and hold that and have that need uh, that we're aware of, but still allow that person to share 
uh, the struggle, because in sharing the struggle and what they've encountered, they're going to be more likely to be open to hear, okay, Mm -hmm. now what do I need to do to move from this place of negative, whether it's self-hate or shame or guilt or anger or resentment or bitterness? How Mm -hmm. how do I Mm -hmm. move from this point on? But but the ugly part has to come out first. You know, um, sure. it's like a wound, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. it to heal. The infection needs to be removed before we can start sure. to heal. And it's the same way in any broken relationship, whether it's divorce or any relationship that we're talking about. Coming to that place of, you know, accepting uh, the loss, though we don't have to like it, um, that place of acceptance and then forgiveness. And maybe it's ourselves we need to forgive. And that's hard work. Sure. That, that we need, but we need the church, the lay people and the clergy to help us work through that. How do I forgive myself? You know, how do I ever find that place where I feel worthy again of love and being in healthy relationships again? But but we have the means to do that. You know, Absolutely. for both of you, the importance of the church, you're underlining that so beautifully. You know, for those who are unchurched, and those who have, in a sense, felt the shame from their previous church interactions and do not want to go back into the church or even try to seek out help to from the church, what would how would how do you think we as the caring congregation, what can we do as a group of consultants, as a group of counselors online? Um, to let people know, hey, we're here for you too. And we want to be able to not only have this conversation about how you lived through it, um, but now as we're doing this consulting, what can we offer folks as a next step who might be listening to this, who, who say, okay, that's all well and good, but so now what's my next step? What would you say to them? I would say find people that that have gone through divorce, find trusting sources, find a good counselor who um, can really help you walk through this journey, knowing that it's it's a journey. It's a long journey. It's not something that's going to be just a couple sessions and be done. Find a trusted pastor. Find a safe space. You know, that's where the beauty of being online is also wonderful because you can have a counselor or a pastor who, if I'm in Kansas City, I can find either one of you (laughs) in Florida or Fort Worth or wherever you are um, and have that conversation either, you know, through... um, getting in touch with you on our website or whatever it is, we have the, we have the magic of technology. Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that's really important to remember is as a pastor, as a congregational care minister, when you're walking through divorce with someone else, when you are being that support and that listening ear for someone else, it's actually, I think, very powerful that I've been through that. So I understand I have that empathy However, I cannot impose my own feelings on their situation. 
There's many times that I want to share or jump in like, oh, me too. That's how I felt. Or this is, you know, and you you can't, you just need to listen. You just need to listen and be present and not project your feelings. And, and also there may be some really sensitive things that come up that, that may be a trigger for you. I remember a few times in some pastoral care sessions where there, um, where a member was sharing with me about their uh, the the partner's infidelity, it was a trigger for me, and I had to I had to to really after the session I had to really those feelings were were, were brought up again, and I had to really just let that go and just pray and just release that because it, it truly is such it was such a painful time. And, and so to talk about that and to hear this person's raw emotions, it, it, it brought those up in me again. And so um, I didn't act on them in that session, but afterwards I was like, God, that was hard. Like God help me release my anger that has been sparked again. <laughs> Jeff, that's where I do believe having the opportunity to work with good counselors. Pastors, we can do that spiritual guidance. We can work with forgiveness questions. We can work with the whole idea of, as you say, just being that good spiritual listener where we're calling in God to the conversation and really making sure we get rid of the any shame that they might feel over and over again, however many times sure. a person might need. But I, I do believe that a good counselor will have added uh, tools. Absolutely. You know, if, yes. if they've had trauma and tragedy through uh, um, or some sort of abuse, oh, they may yeah. need um, mm-hmm. EMDR therapy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which um, is... Eye movement desensitization, mm-hmm. um, something or another. <laughs> um, but it's EMDR uh, therapy that good counselors can do for you. And, and, and it really, um, for any of us who have lived through trauma or even mm-hmm. secondary trauma, mm-hmm. this can be a great tool. Sure. I think you, you said it right? It's that it's that trauma that we often don't even recognize. I mean, it took, it took several years. So I, when I was going through the divorce, I was with a counselor and then I had moved. And so I, I saw a, a new counselor and still years later, all these feelings from my divorce and the infidelity, um, just were, I was really, really struggling still. And I was in a place I'm like, I, I should be further beyond this. And, and this new counselor who was a psychologist and hearing me talk and process, she's like, you've got PTSD from this, you know? And I was like, really? I, I never even processed that. And that deep trauma was still surfacing. And, and I, 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 got to the point, I was like, okay, I, I was able to recognize that, see that. And then, take a step back and then continue to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a continual process. And I think, I think too, one thing that just, that also just came to mind is that when we are working with people, wherever we are, so like Laura and I are, are, are many years out. It's been what, I think nine years since my divorce. 
we're looking, we're looking backwards and we're talking with others and sharing our story. And, and now Laura and I are very, very happily married. We can't project just because that happened to us. We can't project that that's what other people are going to go through. Absolutely. I know several people who have gone through a divorce and would love to be remarried and love to have, but for one reason or another, they, it's not worked out like that. And so we can't say, Oh, you'll find love again. You'll find someone again. You'll find, you know, we can't project what may or may not happen to them. And that's where we have to be really careful that we sit in the moment with them and not project. Oh, don't worry. You'll find someone again. You'll remarry. You'll be happy. You'll have children. That's not, that's not fair to them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so very true. You know, um, this conversation is so important and has such uh, depth to it and width I mean, we could keep talking here for another 15 minutes at least, but um, just looking at the time, I'm going to wrap us up with prayer. And for anyone who might be listening, who has someone in their life who may be going through divorce or um, who may be needing to really go back and tie up loose ends, whatever it is, I think we need to underline it in all things we end and begin with prayer. So mm-hmm. let's pray. Oh, gracious God, we are so grateful for a community of faith that we can lean into no matter what the circumstances are in our lifetime. And I thank you so much for Joy and Laura and for the way, Lord God, they have shared their story and have been willing to say there is so much more. There is more after going through the pain of what happens in a divorce, that this hope um, is just palpable within them. Let us be the church for anyone, Lord God, who needs that sense of hope, that yes, indeed, we will rise and shine, rise and shine and have our own personal day of resurrection. All this we pray that your kingdom might come in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for more resources and information. Also, if you like this episode, please share with your friends and your pastor. Also, be sure to subscribe to this channel and give us a review. Join us next week as we explore further topics on congregational care ministry. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.